Hello and welcome to the Conspiracy Cast, the podcast all about conspiracies and things like that. I'm your host, Guy Carenza, and today we're going to be looking at a topic that a lot of people don't know a lot about, but yet we talk about it all the time, and that is space aliens. Are they real? Do they exist? What do they look like? Why are they everywhere in pop culture? Today, we're going to be answering those questions here on the podcast. Before we get into conspiracy theories surrounding aliens, I want to take a look at aliens in pop culture. There's just so many instances of aliens in pop culture these days that it's like overrun the media and it's changed our perception of how extraterrestrial life may be. So let's take a look at how that's changed over the years and how that really started and what it's turned into today. So to start us off, 1634, Johannes Kepler, a German astronomer. You may have heard of him. He's quite famous in the industry. He publishes Somnium, a work of literature where the main character, Derodicus, is transported to the moon by demons. So these demons, they snatch them up and they fly them to the moon and they're basically aliens. That's one of the first published works featuring aliens in literature. Speaking of literature, we turn to 1898, where H.G. Wells publishes The War of the Worlds, a story about giant tripod Martians invading England. This was one of the earliest and biggest works featuring aliens in pop culture. This really kickstarted the whole thing. This was a sci-fi success. It was accompanied by a radio program in 1938, which actually caused a huge incident where people would hear this radio program reading the story and kind of narrating it out loud. Here's a little clip. We know now that in the early years of the 20th century, this world was being watched closely by intelligences greater than man's, and yet as mortal as his own. We know now that as human beings busied themselves about their various concerns, they were scrutinized and studied, perhaps almost as narrowly as a man with a microscope might scrutinize the transient creatures swarm and multiply in a drop of water with infinite complacency and people would listen to this and they would think that it's actually happening they didn't know it was a fictional story and so it caused uh, quite the commotion in england in 1938 we, we move into the 1920s with hp lovecraft and he creates the cthulhu mythos and the cthulhu mythos is very interesting it's very deep but basically the gist of it is it features ancient godlike celestial beings who once ruled the earth and are in this deep sleep-like trance. And they used to devour worlds and he tells stories about them. And it's quite amazing. I mean, if you ever get the chance, look up the Cthulhu mythos. It's It goes so deep and it's so amazing. But that is one of the other things along with War of the Worlds that really kick-started aliens in pop culture. This is really what got the sci-fi train rolling. And because of things like this, you get things later on that I'm going to discuss. It's these works right here that set the foundation for aliens and pop culture. 1937, DC Comics releases the debut of Superman. So DC Comics was founded in 1937, and they also published their first work with Superman in it. And Superman is, of course, an alien from another planet who comes down to Earth and eventually turns into a superhero. Alongside DC, two years later in 1939, Marvel Comics is produced, and we all know and love the Marvel movies. They feature a lot of extraterrestrial life. In 1956, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, a film was created. This is one of the earliest films featuring aliens. 
This movie was also remade in 1978. This is one of the first major films featuring aliens, and aliens from space come down to Earth, and they grow into these giant seed pods, and they create zombie-like replicas of humans that they encounter. It's a great story, and this is what really kickstarts aliens in film. In 1963, so kind of at the height of the space race, you get things like Doctor Who, a sci-fi show f featuring an alien who travels through time. 1966, Star Trek. This follows the voyages of the starship USS Enterprise, exploring strange new worlds where, quote-unquote, no man has gone before. And you get classic characters like Captain Spock. And of course, it's worth mentioning that in 1969 was the moon landing. This is also when David Bowie released the song Space Oddity. Speaking of David Bowie, in 1972, he releases his album, The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. And this album is very interesting because it's a concept album, but David Bowie himself also takes on the persona of this alien Ziggy Stardust. So the album is about this alien Ziggy Stardust, which David Bowie takes on the persona of, and as he's touring for his concept album, he does these theatrical acts where he is Ziggy Stardust. The album went two times platinum in England and it was gold in the US, and safe to say, it was a success. And it turned out to be a great move for the Starman. In 1977, you get two of the most classic franchises featuring aliens. You get Close Encounters of the Third Kind, a movie directed by Steven Spielberg, starring a man who becomes fascinated by aliens after a close encounter and embarks on a trek to Devil's Tower, Wyoming, and later joins the aliens. This is where you get that classic tone. And I do have to say, I've been to Devil's Tower, Wyoming. It is fascinating. If you ever get a chance to go see it, I highly recommend it. I've seen it before, and it is it is just breathtaking. It really does look like an alien monument. Also, in 1977, you get Star Wars. Everybody knows Star Wars. Everybody loves Star Wars. Star Wars features a lot of aliens. Star Wars A New Hope dropped in 1977, and kickstarted the biggest sci-fi franchise of all time. <laughs> you get the alien movies so these are a bit horror movies so they take aliens um you know before we've been seeing them in these kind of mystical ways and then we kind of go into well then maybe they're friendly with close encounters and you get this this is a horror movie featuring aliens uh this of course features the xenomorphs the big black bean shaped head aliens with the protruding tongues and they'll lay eggs inside your stomach and then they'll burst out I mean, it's crazy. It's all over the board. And after this, aliens in pop culture really start to pick up in the 80s. In 1981, Coneheads came out. In 1982, you get, of course, the most classic and probably the most famous alien movie of all time. You get E.T., the extraterrestrial. <laughs> young child friends an alien who is accidentally left on earth and he lures him to his home using Reese's pieces and helps him phone his friend's home. Phone home. In 1987 we get Predator 
1996, we get Independence Day. 1999, we get Futurama. 2004, we get alien references inside alien references with Alien vs. Predator. And of course, in 2021, alien references in pop culture are still going strong. In the massively popular Battle Royale video game, Fortnite, they dedicated an entire season to aliens. It was their invasion season. Fortnite Chapter 2 Season 7 was all about aliens. So aliens are still strong in pop culture, and they're not going away anytime soon. But it's amazing to see how aliens have changed in the public eye over the course of time. So we'll always have the age-old debate of whether or not aliens do or don't exist, but we will always have them in pop culture. So it's safe to say that in this case, aliens do exist. All right, so now that we've looked at a cultural perspective of aliens, let's shift gears and take a look at them from a science perspective. Biggest question surrounding space aliens is, do they exist? Well, according to science, it's possible but not probable. A man by the name of David Kipping from Columbia University created a mathematical formula to determine the probability of aliens actually existing. And he took into account how big the universe is and how many limiting factors there are, like light, temperature, chemistry, and age, etc. And uh, this actually limits a lot of potential candidates for the perfect planet uh, in a very vast universe. I think before we dive into this a little bit deeper, my question is, is why do we look for similar characteristics to Earth when we look for aliens? I mean, couldn't life have evolved in different ways across the universe? You know, maybe they could be right there, right under our noses, but we're looking in the wrong spot because we're looking for things that are similar to us. Anyway, statement from the university, quote, the analysis is based on evidence that life emerged within 300 million years of the formation of the Earth's oceans as found in carbon-13 depleted zircon deposits, a very fast start in the context of Earth's lifetime." End quote. So the odds come out to be there's a 75% chance that there's a life out there, 60% chance, a 60% chance that's intelligent life, and a 45% chance overall that there's intelligence life out there, which honestly does not sound too bad given the vastness of things 45 percent that's almost a 50 50 just flip a coin and there's aliens out there so the next question i have is have aliens been here before and there's a few instances throughout the earth's history and throughout human history in which where aliens could have potentially intervened or had some part to play in things so let's take a look we're gonna start with the mayans uh, the Mayans were around from 200 BC to 880, and they're one of the first civilizations to use writing. And they built these huge monuments and temples, uh, they had those big pyramids, and they also had a celestial calendar system. Uh, they observed Orion, Sirius, and faraway systems, constellations, you name it, and they could actually predict eclipses. And so the argument that some people have is, well, how would they know that? I mean, how would they know to do that? Did aliens have any involvement in this? For me, I'm going to have to say no. I think they just figured that out on their own through their own research. I, I find it very unlikely that aliens actually had anything to do with that. But moving on to some of the other things we have on this list, and some of these things do stand out more than others. We have the Nazca Lines. So the, the Nazca Lines are in South America. I believe they're outside of Lima, Peru. They are two millennia old, and they're these giant lines and shapes etched into the desert. Um, there's more than 800 straight lines. 
300 geometric shapes, 70 animals, including a spider, a monkey, a, and a hummingbird. And they can be seen from the sky, which is very important given the fact that if aliens were flying around in flying saucers, they would need to see these markings from the sky. These are called geoglyphs, and they're made by removing the top rust-colored layer of rocks and exposing the brighter white sand underneath. The purpose of these lines is unknown. I'm going to go out and guess that it's cultural. It's a cultural thing. I'm going to go out and say that these ancient uh, cultures, they made these lines to signal their gods. I don't think it was aliens. Some people can argue that aliens were the gods, and these cultures saw the aliens as gods. Um, I'm not going to go out to that extent. I want to say, I'm going to say no on this one. I think this is just a cultural thing. The next one is, of course, the Great Pyramids. They were built over 4,500 years ago. They're made of millions of precisely hewn stones, weighing at least two tons each. The pyramids align with Orion's belt. They're in very good shape, despite being old, compared to their counterparts. Although I will say that the pyramids have been protected by the government of Egypt, you know, so they don't get defaced. You know, they're a tough challenge to build, I will say. I mean, of course, building a pyramid is a tough task. But I think it's unlikely that they were influenced by aliens. Again, this is just a cultural thing. I mean, the Egyptians were very good at math. They knew what they were doing. And uh, they built the pyramids for their own cultural reasons. No aliens whatsoever. The next one is a personal favorite of mine. Um, the next one is Stonehenge. Stonehenge is 5,000 years old. It sits outside of Salisbury, England. And it's a huge circle of stones. Uh, some weigh 50 plus tons. And it's a Neolithic monument, and some suggest that it's a map or model, or a landing pad, or a calendar, or a clock. Stonehenge is aligned with solstices and eclipses. Some stones were carried from miles away, and that leads people to believe that maybe aliens had helped these people do that. However, scientists have determined that such a feat would have been possible using technology from that area, yet it would have been very hard. So there's stones there that do not resemble any... Uh, type of stone within Salisbury, but they do resemble stones from very far away. And it's presumed these stones were dragged from that location to where Stonehenge resides, and that is how they got there. I think these people just dragged them. I I watched this documentary on Stonehenge a, a while ago, and I forget what it's called. Um, it was on Disney Plus, so you could probably find it there. But they they talk about this, and what they say is they had they they rolled the stones along logs. So basically, they would put these logs down have the stone lay on the log and then the logs would would roll and the stone would roll with them and that's how they got him there uh, i think that's most likely i feel like that is a good uh, explanation for this so i'm gonna go with uh no aliens no aliens on this one and the thing with the solstices and eclipses is it's theorized that there were actually two stone hinges uh, there was the stone hinge that we know today and there's actually another stone hinge built out of wood and on the eclipses, they would go from one hinge to the other hinge, and then on the next solstice, they would go from the other to the other, you know, vice versa. It was a cultural thing. So it's very unlikely that aliens were actually involved with Stonehenge, but very cool nonetheless. So the next one is Easter Island. The Easter Island heads are the subject here. They're a thousand years old, and they're crafted by the Rapa Nui. The Moai, as they're called, are 900 plus head statues scattered across Easter Island. They're carved from stone and they're 13 feet tall and weigh about 14 tons. Nobody knows why they exist. 
Uh, it's presumed that it's be likely because of religious purposes, and this is very unlikely influenced by aliens. Due to the demise of the civilization, which was done by their own doing, um, if they did encounter aliens, um, then they would have been able to prevent that. So, so that takes care of that. Last one on my list is Area 51. Area 51 is supposedly a U.S. Air Force base 85 miles north of Las Vegas. Members of the public are kept away by science, surveillance, and armed guards. It's a no-fly zone. It's a top-secret facility. The U.S. claims that they use Area 51 to develop cutting-edge aircraft. And Area 51 was actually created during the Cold War, but it opened in 1955. It wasn't officially acknowledged by the CIA until 2013. People have claimed to have seen UFOs in surrounding areas, and people claim that the site holds an alien spacecraft and the bodies of its pilots after they crashed at Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. In another instance, in 1989, a man by the name of Robert Lazar claims that he worked at Area 51 and worked on aliens and that the government uses it to examine UFOs and alien specimens. So, I think out of all the things on this list, if any of them is influenced by aliens the most, I think it would be Area 51. There's a lot of speculation there. There's a lot of uncertainty, and I think that's what gives it the most validity, is you can't confirm nor deny that there are aliens in Area 51. So, it's either believe or don't believe. So, with that being said, on the scientific part of aliens, we've got my opinion, but let's get a second opinion, second and third opinion actually, because I have two interviewees for the interview section of the podcast. Joining me for the interview, I have Emmy, who is 13, and Tally, who is 17. First question I have for you guys is, we'll have Emmy go first and then you go. Do you believe in aliens? No. Why? I listened to a podcast, a very good one, that very well explained why they are not real. What about you, Tally? You think aliens are real? No. Why? Because. No. <laughs> well, there's actually evidence to suggest that there is a high probability that aliens actually do exist. Because the universe is so big and there's so much potential for them to exist that somewhere they do exist. So, if they do, what do you think aliens would look like? Not like humans. Do you think they would have funny shaped heads or like what 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 is the Emmy alien? What does the Emmy alien look like? Not very like skinny or they would probably be skinny and weird shaped. What color would they be? Any green? What about you, Tally? What do you think? Um, I think they would look sort of like humans, but just oddly shaped and probably different color. Do you guys think that movies and TV have influenced the way that you think aliens might look? 100%. Yes. Why? They make up images of what they think aliens look like. So that's what everyone assumes. So you're saying that what you assume aliens would look like is just a version of what someone else assumed aliens would look like? So if you're reading a book about aliens, what do you assume the alien looks like? What you see in TV. Interesting. So that brings me to my next question. 
What's your favorite movie with an alien in it? Is E.T. an alien? E.T. is, in fact, an alien. Okay, that's what I thought. Uh, Aliens in the Attic. Why is that... Why do you think is E.T. is your favorite movie with an alien in it? Why do you think it's so popular? It's the one that I... That comes to mind when I think about it. Why do you think that E.T. is so popular? Do you think it's because of, like, the way that they use him in the movie? That he's a nice alien instead of a mean alien? Or do you think it's because of the music in the movie? Probably that he's a nice alien and that he... Probably the way they use him in it, too. Because I remember there's a scene in E.T. where he's down... They take him out for Halloween and then... Or... Yeah, they take him out for Halloween and he ends up in the woods and then he gets left out there. And then the next morning, he can't find him. And he's over down by the river, and he's, like, almost dead. Actually, and then, then he, later on, he dies. And Did he, watch and this he comes recently back. or something? No, I just remember That's it. a lot of detail. He, he dies, and then he comes back to life. When E.T. dies, were you sad? Yeah. Why do you think you were so sad about an alien dying? Because he was nice. Aliens in the Attic. Uh, I don't really remember a lot about Aliens in the Attic, because that movie was kind of, um, in my opinion, not that great. But for you, it was memorable. Why? Because it was suspenseful. Isn't it? Can you, can you tell me what actually happens in Aliens in the Attic? Because I don't really remember. Well, I've watched it like a lot of times, but that's because I was forced to watch it. <laughs> isn't, that the, isn't that the one with like the, an, with like the animated aliens? <laughs> that's why it's not very good. But anyways, um, the aliens, I've only seen like half the movie. But, like, the aliens come and they're little. There's, like, good ones and there's bad ones. And the humans find them and they try to protect the good ones. And, yeah, that's all I remember. Okay. Why do you think that movie was, like, so special to you and not special to, like, Emmy? I didn't say it was special. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. Do you think we'll ever interact with aliens in our lifetime? No. No. Do you think we'll ever go to Mars? Yes. Oh, wait. In my lifetime, no. Not me. Other people may. You know, you know Elon Musk? Yeah. Sounds familiar. He plans, he's going to send rockets to, like, Mars by, like, 2040. With people on them. Good for him. That's what he's planning on. Would you want to go on the rocket to Mars? No. How much would they have to pay you to put you on a rocket to go to Mars? Nothing. Millions. Like, never. Why? Because you can't play Fortnite on Mars? No, because I'm not going to do it. I'm not taking a chance on it. How, mu- how much would it take for you to go to Mars, Tally? It would take millions of dollars. He has a lot of money. Definitely millions, then. What would you do if aliens invaded? Would you try and be friends with them, or would you try and fight them? I would see what other people do first. See <laughs> if uh, other people interact with them and that they're nice or they're mean, and then I'll decide from there. What if it was a bunch of ETs? She'd give him a hug. <laughs> I would be friends with them. You'd be friends with the ETs? Mm-hmm. What if they weren't nice ETs? What if they were mean well, ETs? Well, if they're ETs, like, what if, then what, no, nice. no, 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 but look. What if they were, like, ET-shaped and ET-sized, but they were mean ETs? I would wait for other people to interact with them. But what, but what if it was you who first found the ETs? Exactly. Run away. You would run away from the ETs. Because they caught you and killed you. Then I'd be dead. Exactly. Like, you know how the kid in E.T., he finds the E.T.? He's the first one, and he's nice to E.T., so he's nice to him. What if you were mean to E.T., or, like, what if you found him? What would you do? I would be nice, and, uh, 
to see if, like, the E.T. is nice back, or, and if it's not, then I'll just try my best to survive. What do you think of, like, older Alien movies versus, like, Alien movies now? Because, obviously, E.T., since we've been talking about E.T., we'll use it as an example. E.T. came out in the 80s, and the special effects for E.T. are, like, not that good compared to special effects that we have now. Like, Aliens in the <laughs> <laughs> Like, because, Aliens uh, in the Attic. That was made after E.T., and E.T.'s still better, so... No, what I'm talking about, like, Marvel movies. Marvel movies have aliens okay. in them all the time. It's true. So do you think that, like, that makes those movies better just because of the special effects? Or do you think that, like, E.T. is still better because of the character? I like, think that E.T. is still better because of the character. What do you think is the most popular alien character? E.T. What do you guys think about aliens in video games? Like, recently they just had, like, a bunch of aliens in Fortnite for one of their seasons, whole alien-themed season. What do you think about that? It depends if you like aliens or not. It could appear kind of dumb. Did you like the alien season? No, it was not that great. Why? It kind of overpowered everything. Do you think we will ever find aliens on Mars? Yes. Because if we can go there, if we can live there, then maybe other things can too. Mm, That's a good answer. Do you think that aliens have already landed on Earth and they're living among us? Possibly they could be living in Antarctica. You no. think they're living in, in Antarctica? No. Well, no one goes to Antarctica. So, like, if people were to find them, they would have to be very hidden. Or for people not to find them, they would have to be very hidden. And... No one goes to Antarctica. Why do you think people like aliens so much? Why do you think people talk about them all the time? Because society's vision of an alien is different than human. So people are more interested in it. Like having more eyes, ears, longer arms, more arms. It's cool because we don't have it. Have any of your friends said anything about aliens? Are they like big alien believers? One of them, yes. What do they say? They just say that there's probably something like another creature living on Earth or like in space. They don't know if it could be aliens, maybe, but they definitely think there's a creature. Well, thank you for both being a part of the interview. You're both going to be a part of my podcast, so thank you. And that's going to wrap things up here for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Guy Carenza, and I hope that you have an amazing rest of your day.